Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 176 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is a developer advocate for Google Cloud Platform. This gives her the opportunity to do silly things with lots of computers and to help developers build cool stuff on all sorts of platforms. Previously, she has worked in a variety of software roles, from robotics with NASA to developer advocacy for Google Glass. She is also passionate about education, especially on the subjects of technology and science. So welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, Jen Tong. Thanks, it's great to be on. So Jen, just looking at your career history, it'd be very interesting to hear a little bit about the work you did with NASA with robotics, and obviously more, more recently with Google Glass. So my work with NASA was pretty short. It was actually a summer internship way back around the year 2000. And in that um, job, what I did was I worked on a robot that was used as a test platform for the automated docking systems of a spacecraft that ended up getting canceled. It was essentially kind of like the escape pod for the space station. Right. I was a bit disappointed to hear it was canceled. Yeah, there were certain movies about space, it would be a lot different if there was a, a single push a button and get home kind of escape system from the space station. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure. Yes. Okay. And in terms of Google Glass, how involved have you been with that? So I worked on that project for a couple of years around the time it just launched initially. And I, met, I spent most of my time on that focusing on the developer platforms to make it easier for people to build applications for Glass. And uh, during that time, I had lots of great experiences with developers building things I never would have expected on the platform. Can you give us a couple of examples? So I think most of my favorite applications that people built were using Glass in ways I didn't expect around accessibility. It turns out it was a really great platform for helping people who had trouble interacting with the world adapt that information to ways they could consume it more easily. For example... um, Developers who had vision impairments or hearing impairments um, had great success finding it, you know, ways to adapt uh, that information to something they could consume more easily. Yeah. Do you feel that Google Glass was a bit of ahead of its time when it first came out? So for any emerging technology like that, sometimes it takes a while to find its place um, yeah. in the ecosystem. And uh, it sounds like there's a lot of, I'm not a, nearly as involved in the project as I once was. Uh, in fact, I'm not at all involved in it now. So I can't speak much for them, but it sounds like it's found a a good place where it is right now. Indeed. So I I gather there was quite a recent announcement as well about the next generation. Yeah, I'd love to get my hands on some of that hardware at some point, but uh, (laughs) I haven't managed to yet. Cool. Okay. So Jen, can you perhaps tell us about, or maybe share with us a top career tip, one that the audience may not know and perhaps should? For me, I guess I've always... Grew up hearing a lot of people talking about how taking risks led to like great reward and exciting adventures. 
But as my career progressed, one thing I realized is that there's a lot of survivorship bias in the stories that I would hear. So when you take risks, not all of them end up yielding exciting, amazing wins. And more often than not, they're going to result in you know, negative consequences. So whenever that would happen, sometimes I would feel stuck and I didn't really know what to do from there. And it took me many years to kind of realize that it's okay to quit. So like when I take a risk and I end up in a situation that's different than I expected, or I have a different interaction with that environment than I expected. So even if it was perfect, superficially, if it wasn't for me, I would tend to stick around a little bit too long. And in those times, I would tend to lose my confidence, and that made it harder to change things up. So what I'd recommend is that people like when they enter a new situation, and if things don't feel right, give it a fixed amount of time. And once that time is up, make whatever kind of change you need to make to make that situation right for you. Is that something you now do yourself? Do you sort of set a time limit and an evaluation point where you look at how things have progressed and make a decision? Definitely. I I do a lot of journaling. I keep a journal that um, helps me stay true to myself in that way because it's pretty easy to kind of warp your, your memory of your past and just like, okay, I'll give it one more month or one more year before I go and try and explore something else. Are you clear when when you um, get to that point what your evaluation criteria are, or is it more of a gut feel? I think a lot of this comes from, at least for me, I've always tried to keep a very objective outlook on these situations. And sometimes like you got to trust your gut, especially when it comes to your own happiness. So even if a situation seems amazing, like... Even if it seems amazing on paper, if it's not right for you, it's, it's still not right for you. And it doesn't mean it's your fault. Sometimes things just don't fit right. Yeah, that's very true. So Jen, can you perhaps share your worst IT career moment with us and what you learned from that experience? Sure. We've actually kind of discussed it a little bit already. Okay. So my worst career moment was probably when I got that dream job doing robotics at NASA as an intern. So back then I was like 20 years old and I had just left a job that was not terribly exciting, but I was really in a groove on it. I was doing great. I was doing process engineering at a semiconductor company, working on the exciting topic of serial memory chips. I was going to say, I couldn't even tell you what that is. (laughs) Yeah. So they're memory chips that spit out their data in in a sequence of, of bits Um, And it wasn't terribly exciting work, but um, it was something, it was my first like real job. I started as an internship and then transferred to a part-time role while I was studying. And I was pretty good at it. And I worked on a a tight-knit team and there were a lot of things in it that I didn't really realize how, how important they were to me. And then I managed to find this opportunity, being great at excelling at that role, opened up the door to the opportunity at NASA and... It was just not right for me at the time. That's a shame to hear. It happens. You know, you never know. It's, it's very hard to tell. It's very hard to predict what will make you happy. Some, like a lot of the times the things we want and the things that we dream about are not the same things that result in us being happy later on. And this was one of those situations for me. Right. Okay. So how do you make sure those sort of things don't happen now? Is that through this evaluation process you were talking about earlier? It definitely is. That This is one of the, this, I didn't really realize it at the time what had happened. I just knew I was not happy and I, I stuck around longer than I should have until 
the the environment around basically the dot com crash happened and then all of the pre degree jobs disappeared about the same time. And it wasn't until reflecting on it much later that I realized what had gone wrong. So moving away from your worst moment, can you perhaps tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? Sure. I mean, this is another one we've already discussed a little bit, is during my time doing developer relations on Google Glass was some of the most fun I've ever had at work. So I guess I would, I would define my highlight as not necessarily the greatest, like, crazy achievement, but but definitely the, the most fun I had was on that project. Yeah. Specifically, during all those experiences I had, getting to work with software developers doing accessibility software, which is something I didn't anticipate at all. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we touched on that earlier, but presumably there are now sort of applications for Google Glass and the way it's used. They just weren't considered at the time. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really followed up with these projects as much as I probably should have, but I do remember one specific hackathon um, where we had a team that was focused on building software for one of the team members who was completely blind. And they came up with a lot of really clever stuff. Yeah, specifically, um, they would do things like put AR markers, kind of like QR codes on objects to warn the user of hazards. So although the the user was completely blind, it couldn't use the heads-up display, um, he could take advantage of the forward-facing camera and the bone-conducting speaker. Um, and it could do things like announce when he was getting near a hazard that was marked with a marker. Or I think the thing I didn't anticipate at all that he developed was he had a problem with hanging objects getting in his way, like street signs and things, where he could see a lot of the world near his feet with his cane. But um, occasionally he would, if there was something overhanging that was about his head height, he would just walk into it. Um, and that was that was a problem that he managed to solve with with the front-facing camera and the bone conducting speaker, which was really cool. Absolutely, yeah. It makes a big difference, doesn't it? And, and, and be able to see something like that have a, a so much of a benefit to somebody else's life is, is incredible to hear. Yeah. I always love it when people use tech in, in ways I didn't anticipate. Indeed. Okay. So, Jen, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? So I think the thing I'm most excited about now is how the the breadth of what IT means is kind of broadening. Yeah. So I'm seeing more and more people learning to code and learning to interact with technology than than ever before. And I think it's creating a huge ecosystem that's way bigger uh, than what we'd previously defined like a techie as. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the the scope, I suppose of what IT is considered to be is far broader than it used to be. And the opportunities have expanded along the same lines. Yeah. Like I've seen um, for years and years, I've kind of seen people who wouldn't call themselves like IT people at all, who are actually spending a lot of their time coding in a declarative language called spreadsheet. Yes. And my hope is, is that the, as the tools and technology get better, that they'll be able to take some of those same skills and apply them to other areas to make, you know, make their lives and their, their jobs easier. Yeah, that's very true. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about Ooh. you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Yes, I'm ready. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? So that would be cheating at video games that were too hard in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> right. Okay. So what did you do? Did you try and work out how they were coded and what you could do to win? 
Essentially, I didn't really realize what I was doing at the time, but in retrospect, I was reverse engineering like the save file formats of a lot of these adventure games and uh, developing editors for them and you know hacking at the the binaries themselves. Yep. So I didn't have access to the source code and I didn't know how to code yet, but I could change some bits here and there with a hex editor. And I have, in retrospect, I have no idea how I was able to accomplish what I, what I did before. Uh, I imagine boredom and time was a big factor in it. <laughs> and what is the best career advice you've ever received? So the best career advice I've ever received is not really a specific like one-liner of wisdom, but more that there is the kind of the concept of generalists and specialists, where if you find something to specialize in, you can end up digging really deep and becoming a world expert in a specific area. And then when you find opportunities, they'll tend to be pretty profitable. Or you can go down the generalist route, which has different wins. Um, it's more easy to find opportunities, uh, even if they are not quite as enriching at the time sometimes. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, what is the worst career advice you've ever received? So again, I don't have anything too specific, but uh, I think I'd have to go back to a lot of the kind of general stuff about women being less talented in technical areas. Yeah. Which I think is, of course, you know, a big pile of bunk. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you were to begin your IT career again in today's world, what would you do? I would find some kind of emerging platform, whatever that emerging platform might happen to be. And I try to apply it to business areas that people aren't normally applying it to, different, you know, different challenges in the world that are maybe not as well served by existing platforms and technology. Uh, and I don't know specifically what that would be today, but um, I have to do some research to figure that out. Sure. So you like the, the sound of sort of innovation and disruption? Yeah, like... If you pick a random emerging technology, it might not end up being successful. And more often than not, it will not end up, you know, taking over the world with its, you know, distribution. But by taking that emerging platform and then applying it to different challenges people face, you'll learn a lot about how to think about those challenges. You'll learn a lot about the challenges people face that they don't even know could be addressed by technology. And having that emerging technology that people, you know, still think is novel can really be a way to open up those, the change of the perspective on those challenges. And uh, it can help you learn about technology and how it exists in the world much more easily. Very true. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? So these days, and for the past couple of years, I've been pivoting a little bit away from software development and more towards software security, I guess cybersecurity. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah. So, so do you have any sort of um, particular objectives in that area? Anything you want to achieve? Definitely. So, as more and more people are coding, and I guess it's, it's you know the, the trope is software eats the world. Um, I'm noticing that a lot of the software out there is not as safe as I'd want it to be. Um, so, I'm trying to make my own personal step towards helping other people make that stuff safer, so that as Tech enters more and more of our lives that it's, it's, it's generally you know, safer and, and better for everyone. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? So I might be a little biased as a developer advocate, but it has definitely been learning to present my ideas clearly. Mm -hmm. So I can have the greatest ideas in the world, but if I can't present them clearly to someone else, 
you know, they, they will stay stuck in my mind and not help anyone else at all. So communicating your ideas, how do you do that? Is it verbal? Is it visual? Or is it a combination of all those things? So a lot of it is about understanding and empathizing with the person that you're communicating with. So empathizing with your student, I guess, and taking advantage of multiple ways of communicating that information. So sometimes I'll have an opportunity to get on stage and say some words and show people some slides. And that's one case where I can engage them visually through the narrative and the audio. But depending on the, the, the challenge and situation, the opportunity, sometimes that could be making a game and engaging them in their problem-solving abilities. Sometimes you know, you have opportunities around like a classroom lecture. So I do classroom lecturing too. And then one of the ways that I can communicate things to people, um, for example, communicate the importance of certain ideas is what, what I do in the evaluations and the tests and the homeworks. So it's, it's very much dependent on the situation and circumstances. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? So for me, it is a couple of things. I get a lot of energy out of teaching because there's no greater way to get satisfaction than, than seeing the, the satisfaction of all the people around you, yeah. you know, do cool stuff with the information you teach them. So I do teaching, both classroom teaching and informal and informal scenarios. And another area that I get a lot of energy out of is by doing kind of technology-inspired or technology-influenced artwork. So like installation artwork and stuff like that, where I get to see people use technology to play in a different way. And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? So sadly, getting really deep into technology can be kind of hard on one's body. So I try to optimize my time away from technology in fun things that help me stay fit. So these days, it tends to be mostly playing ice hockey uh, in a beer league, like a, a pretty casual league. Right. And I do uh, aerial silks. Um, or sometimes, like, if there's a beautiful day out, I'll just wander around whatever city I'm in for a few hours. Cool. Okay. And Jen, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? Hmm. I guess my, my parting piece of advice would be looping back towards that, that one piece of career advice at the beginning, which is if you end up in a situation where you're miserable and you feel like it's, it's all about you, uh, the truth is it doesn't matter whose fault it is that the situation has gotten how it is. If it's, if it's unbearable, like do what you need to do to fix it and find a, a way to be happy. You'll be much more productive once you're happy. Yeah, absolutely right. Yes, and finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? So the easiest way to connect with me is probably to click on one of the icons at the bottom of my homepage, which the easiest to say in words domain for it is gen.run. So if you go to gen.run and scroll down, there's a links to a whole bunch of different social sites that you can connect with me on. Great. Jen, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Thanks so much. It's been a great time too. As always, my thanks go to my guest on today's show. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. I also want to thank you for your continued support. It's always great to hear from listeners, particularly when they have suggestions about potential guests or ways to improve the show. 
and this was one of the reasons for creating the new IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. I'm really excited about taking the podcast forward, and I hope that you'll continue to support and listen to the show as it continues to change and evolve. Thanks for listening, and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.